I will not let them take my life away. Let's travel back. Let's travel back all the way back, guys, all the way back to Pearson Street. But now let's use her perspective. Sunday, December 18th, 1994, early morning hours, 1 a.m. She was looking for that parking space in her yellow Renault 5, which she called Reginald. Hmm. That was Reggie. what she called her her car. And she had a very bad feeling she parks under this old tree and she was kind of going to make a run for it, but she didn't see anyone. And then all of a sudden he was there. Then suddenly he was there. I had just turned off Reginald's engine and flicked off the lights. It was so routine. I did it all in one swift movement. As I reached over the passenger seat to gather up the pile of clean laundry I had just picked up at Kim's, I felt a gush of warm air as the car door next to me was wrenched open. Allison feels the knife on her neck. She describes it as as cold and spiny. And as he jerked my car out to the street, I wondered if I would be able to jump out. Do it, do it, do it. A voice screamed inside my head, but I couldn't take that chance. I felt strangely immobilized, aware that although this man appeared to be calm and looked so ordinary, there was a menacing edginess brimming below. The man turned the key to the ignition. Allison at this point, like you just heard, could probably jump out, but she's in complete shock. This man speeds away. He's fumbling for the lights. That's how we know all this stuff fumbling for the lights. Eventually he screams at her, where's the lights? She points to him. He lights a cigarette up and then he's speeding away, not trying to go too fast. He doesn't want to get pulled over. He's going down side streets. He's flipping the car around. He gets on main street. He's looking for someone. And he says that he is looking for a man who had broke his TV. And that is the reason he stole her car. Hmm. That is not the real reason. That no, was, that was just what he said. That is what he said. Quote, don't worry. I don't want to hurt you. I just want to use your car for an hour. The entire intention of this man and the other man, Kruger, was to abduct, rape, and kill a woman. Wow. There was no nothing else. It was just to abduct, rape, and kill a woman, which they had decided the day before when they were drinking that that's what they want to do to Today. Is that something that they had done together before or was this an escalation for them? This would be the first murder. Franz Dutuis alone was out on bail after being uh, convicted of two violent rapes. He was out on bail at the time that this happened. Kruger gets in the back seat and these two men head toward the beach. And let me show you these two men. These men are really vile, sick mm-hmm. human beings. Literally, mm-hmm. they're terrible. These are terrible, terrible men. The men said they were heading toward Overbakken's, but they missed the exit. The whole time, she was believing it. Surely there can't be a human that is this terrible out there, she thought. She's heading towards this specific place, and she knows Overbakken's. Her her mom, Claire, lives there. But they passed the exit, and then she started getting worried. Even in her head, she's, she's thinking, well, maybe they're taking the scenic route, which I showed you the map. They would have to go all the way back. This Mm. huge circle. That would take hours. I chose to believe him at that moment. That's what she would say in her book. And at that point, before Kruger got in, right when he jumped in, he asked if she was the one that lived at apartment number one, which, you know, now we know that he was watching her, waiting for her to come back. She even asked 
his name at one point, which she gave him a fake name of Clinton. We know his real name is Franz Dutuis. And if it wasn't for her surviving, if it was not for Allison having the courage to survive, there would be another female dead. Oh, because they had at al- least one more. They had already. Yeah, exactly. At least one more. Because the next female they had already planned, they were going to rape her and then throw her off a bridge. Oh, wow. So if it was not for Allison, there would be more. Wow. So why don't you just let me get out and take the car? That's what she asked him. Mm. No, I want company. I have to find this friend of mine who stole my TV and he owes me money. Some friend. Where was it? Was it ended up going to be Kruger? Yeah, yeah, it's the same guy, Kruger. Yeah. No, I'm mm. saying because like he. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it was a lie to to get to, her to. Yeah, yeah. So she doesn't freak out, I guess, or try to flee. Mm-hmm. I stared at it all, feeling quite nauseous. This was not my world, and I did not know these people. They scared me. For some reason, I felt that they were a part of him. This was his turf. I'd be a fool to try anything here. If I jumped out now, they would all get me. Besides, I did not want to let him see that I had begun to panic. Mm. So at this point, she's thinking about getting out of the car, but that's not how shock works because they they drove by this popular nightclub club tonight. There was a lot of people in line. But if she jumped out in her mind, they're all with him. You know, she's not from this part of town. Are right. they are they in on this? Mm. That's I mean, she's in pure shock at this point. She has no idea what to do. She's in shock. Yeah. So. The fear started growing inside of her belly when they passed the exit that he said that they were going to take. Quote, fear welled up from my belly, spreading like burning lava into my chest. The car finally stops, pulls off the road, the ground, black soot, litter strewn everywhere, broken bottles. There was an eerie moment of silence, and eventually she says, what now? Then there was silence, Allison remembered. Crushing silence and darkness. But I thought you realized we wanted sex. So this was it, I thought, bracing myself for what was to come. At that stage, neither Clinton nor Thane fans had and had said anything that might have led me to suspect that they would physically harm me if they wanted to rape me i thought then let them do it i can handle it take off your clothes detwee demanded now at this point allison probably and i've never been sexually assaulted obviously but i can imagine this at least try to i know i'm not an authority in any manner but at this point what do you do you try to disassociate from yourself if you're about to be raped, she talks about it a lot in the book. I mean, I can't even begin to. I, I, it's like even at that, like even at that, like her just bravery being like, I can take this. Like she wasn't expecting them to try to like harm her past raping her. Like, you know, what I mean, like she wasn't expecting them to take take that knife and try to decapitate her or, or stab her. So, I mean, I'm not I can't really have, speak with any authority either. But like just like the pure bravery be like, OK, like this is it. Like I'll let them have my body and, and then it'll be over. Like I just can't even imagine. Mm-mm. That's what she was thinking. Because right. she at this point didn't see that knife. I mean, you saw the, the letter opener. Yeah, that's going to hurt. But she didn't see the big knife until after she was raped. And then that's when she realized this is something else. But her defense was not being present. She, like everyone else, 
all of us. We've been undressing and dressing since we were kids. It's an automatic response. I could get up in the morning and not even think about it. Just put on my clothes, take my clothes off at night. That's what she did. If there was a way that she could be outside of the car, then whatever, you know, they could do that to my body, but she's going to be disassociated. That's, Mm -hmm. that's her defense. That's what she tried to do. So it's just my body. She was thinking, I mean, can't she, can't she just be an onlooker through all this? I felt as if I was undressing someone else's body. As I peeled off each item of clothing, I became further and further removed from myself. I sat there naked with this familiar body, which now did not belong to me. Mm. The man pulled down his tracksuit pants and pushed my head towards his crotch. If you bite me, I will kill you. Again, I'm not going to go through the the rape, which she does talk about, and it's very, very disgusting. However, I do want to say one thing to show you that how these guys are. The man, Franz Dutuis, before he rapes her, he forces his tongue in her mouth, and then he says, after going down there on her, quote, you have the nicest tasting fanny, end quote. He forces his tongue in her mouth and then he rapes her. Staying strong, Allison says in her book that she decided to stay as limp as a rag doll. I would not reveal anything about myself. He's doing this to your body, but not to you. He can't touch you. I chanted silently over and over again. That's that's terrible, man. Finished. He looks out the window. Quote, do you also want to have sex with this lovely lady? (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, Jesus. That's when she looks out the front window and she sees she sees Theans Kruger sitting there and she notices something that she hasn't noticed before. Stuffed in his back is a very large hunting knife. It is an eight inch notched. I would say serrated, but that's not even the right term. Notched. Like I, I have one here. It's a huge Gerber. I carried it overseas in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Like if if ever I needed to, it, this this would kill anyone. I mean, you you you've seen it. Yeah, you keep it right by your bed. One. I mean, literally right there. one stab. That's going to kill someone. Yeah. Will it not? It's a big. It's it's huge. It's a bit very. It's like kind of like a. That's, Not quite a machete, but it's big. I didn't realize you were allowed to keep your weapons from war. That's a different story right, for another time. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Never thought about that. All right, no, Jane. I'm yeah, sorry. There's, I didn't mean there's to blow nothing up your to spot. This here. is this is not what I meant to do. I was just <laughs> thinking out loud. She sees this hunting knife right then. She understands the direness of her situation, especially when he pulls it out of his back where it slid in, you know, by his butt crack, pulls it out, puts it on the hood. It's his turn to rape her. But why has he got to put the knife on the hood like that? To to show she better do to what intimidate he says. her. Yeah. Yeah. After he's finished with her, quote, what should we do with her? What do you think old Nick would want us to do? Who's old Nick? Like Santa Claus? No, I have an image more like old Greg. Oh, the fish? Oh, great. Old Nick is another term for Satan. Oh, Oh. I didn't know that. I mean, I was going with the fact that it was December 18th and old St. Nick. I thought they were going with Santa Claus. Yeah. I've never Uh, heard him as old Nick before. Old Nick, Nick, Satan. Yeah, me neither. No, I'm not going to give. I mean, because Lucifer is not even close to Nicholas. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Translated the same way somewhere. That's why I was named Nicole. Did you know? For Santa? Not after Satan. (laughs) But but after 
St. Nicholas because I was, was a Christmas so baby. close to Christmas. Oh my yes. gosh. It's like maybe, that maybe this the, is a Maybe this is a South African thing. S- no, it's like Satan this. Satan equals Santa. <laughs> it's like the skit. It's the church lady skit where like, where have you ever seen the church lady Christmas skit where Dana Carvey so. like rearranges the letters in Santa and it reveals Satan? Satan? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is a thing. Could it be uh. Satan? I mean, all right. Now, anyway, a lot of people are going to want me to go into these guys' background. They did claim they were Satanist. I think it was a it's a good excuse, mm-hmm. but they're honestly, just terrible people. And I yeah. did go into their background. If you guys want me to do it, I will on a different story, but I'm not going to do it in this story. I don't really care about because the perpetrators. Because, I care more about the victim and the fact that she provi- survived. Not related to the, the specific crime, but how many people claim to be Satanists and or some sort of religious, um, you know, like that a religious affiliation that does harm to people and try to claim it as practicing your religion. Oh, I'm it's, sure. Yeah. It's, it's a great Very. excuse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean like there's the whole crusades thing. Yeah, it's not you know, about. history. Moving on. You know, did you watch history? Everyone the- does it in the sake of religion. Yeah. Did you watch history of the world part two yet? No, but I really do want to. I'm very excited with the characters that are there. Did you watch it? Mm-hmm. It was good. Mm-hmm. All right. It was a little campy, but it was, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, what, 35 years after the original aired or something? More, More than that. They, do they also have the original on Hulu? I feel like they, they do should. have the original oh, on Hulu. Okay, yes. good. So you we can should. do a marathon. Yeah. Right after they say, what do you think old Nick would want us to do? They look at each other and they kind of chuckle. Mm. I looked into his eyes. They looked cold and cruel, and he stared straight back at me. It was a penetrating but vacant gaze. I could not read his expression at all. I had seen nothing like it before. It was clearly making no connection. I could not touch his heart. Mm. The whole time, I mean, Allison is asking his name. If she was to make a bet, it would be Theon's in the back who would be the violent one. I mean, he called her a lovely lady, now, I, which is st- sick and despicable, but... He's a manipulator, mm. as you see. He's he's trying to, for some reason, get on her good side. I, I don't know. She's trying to employ some trust in her mm. so that she is more likely to comply with his needs. So when he does what he does, it's she's more likely to. But after they're finished with her, she sees his eyes and there's nothing there. She's ordered to undress again. Now, if you read the book, which I definitely urge you to, there's little victories here, which really got me. And I don't even know if she counts them as victories, but you you see it. She has to choose whether she's going to live or die. And before that, there's these small little victories. For instance, she talks about, okay, I'll undress, but I'm going to keep on my sandals, hoping they won't even see it. I'm gonna, it's a defiant response. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. They're not going to see it. It's She's already being larger than them. She's above them already. She's going to do her thing. She's going to leave her sandals on. Hopefully, in the darkness, they will not see her sandals. Mm. Little things like that. They're wins. They're victories. They're the things that are going to, to really help when she has to make a choice and that choice is about to come as you're going to see because her surviving was quote theoretically impossible this case is about to get really rough guys i'm going through everything this is going to get really terrible anyway and then in my notes i put okay y'all ready question mark (laughs) so this is where we ramp it up this is okay the stabbing the tweed lunges forward latching his hands around her throat now 
this would be one of the first times of many that she loses consciousness. But she talks about how many times she loses consciousness through all this, which is not good because she is at this point about 100 meters away from the road. And out here, which I showed you on Google Earth, if there's any chance of her surviving, it is making it to the road. Mm. That is the only way she can survive. Losing consciousness is not a good thing. No. Mm. Okay. Now, when she's getting choked, now we talked about this last time about how people who commit suicide want to look their best. You know, they'll, they'll often take showers and put on perfume before they kill themselves. I know it's really morbid, but it's true. Mm. It's this human need to, I don't know, to, to not be embarrassed, to, to be in her best light. But when she's getting choked, like a lot of cases we cover, which I never really mentioned, but now I might start. When you're getting strangled, the woman or man often loses control of their bowels. Mm-hmm. The bowels move. Right. And at this point, she's actually embarrassed. You know, mm-hmm. it's just something to think about. Quote, I felt my bowels move. The last thing I felt was embarrassment. Well, yeah. I mean, if you shit yourself, you're going to be embarrassed. Like, even if you're in that kind of situation. No, but I if feel you're like- dead, she's getting strangled to death. She's embarrassed. She's going to die. She's embarrassed. Like, why are you? In, in why that- do you care? You're dead. You know? Well, I feel like that's natural, though. Like- but that's what I'm saying. It's, an, it's, like, it's why people take showers before they kill themselves. You know, for some reason, like. Well, the same reason that you give all of your belongings away and clean your room. You want people to have a good last impression of you. So, yeah, it would make sense that she felt embarrassed. Her world goes black again. She comes to she's naked. They made her strip down besides her sandals. She's outside on the black soot, strewn litter, trash everywhere, broken bottles. One of the two men knelt over me. I couldn't see his face, but I saw his arm moving back and forth in a frenzy. What do you think this is? Is he stabbing her? 36 times she was stabbed in the abdomen. The moon was directly behind his head and formed a surreal halo. It was a horrific sight. My God, he's slashing my throat. Mm. My God, he's slashing my throat. Like when I when I read that in the book, I was like. I mean, that 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 makes the whole thing. My God, he's slashing my throat. From the perspective of Dr. Volodya Angelov, hours later, her anterior muscles and trachea had been cut in half. Because of the severing, the muscles had retracted to the base of the skull. Her larynx was also completely separated from the lower part of the trachea. All of the main veins had been cut, and it was a miracle that whatever brute had done this to her had missed the most important main arteries and her voice box 18 times in the throat what he says there is the anterior muscles and the trachea had been cut in half so i got a little image for you guys oh that's helpful yeah so right here you see it's right here where it was slit in in quote in half the doctor in half like this is not connected these things are not connected they should be connected they're not connected this was one of 18 stab wounds in the neck they're not connected anymore it's almost ironic but not like i'm not making light of this but today i got murphy's nails cut and i got him a treat and i grabbed him one that he was like sniffing around in in the pet store of and it happened to be like a beef trachea 
Ugh. Oh God, Jen! Now I now yeah, you, you do see that sort of thing at pet stores. Now I'm gonna think differently about them. Yeah, I'm like might throw it out after today. Oh yeah, those things stink, especially like the hooves. Well, it doesn't oh, smell yeah. so far. I mean, I just gave it him. He wasn't too enthralled by it. Hey, he many, really, but you know what he wanted? He like tried to keep grabbing them. Was the fifty dollar antler? Yeah, he knows yeah. The elk antler. <laughs> it was fifty dollars. I was like, no, no, you have yeah. champagne taste on a beer budget. Yeah, there you we go. Cannot afford that. <laughs> Here, yeah. to grab something that's five dollars we'll do that you can go in this clearance bin murphy <laughs> someone uh someone out there send murphy a uh an antler an antler, an antler. There you go. I, I really want him to have it i got i have gotten him like that's that's, that's birthday present material yeah, well, yeah. i got him like you know the um the antlers that we i've gotten yeah. like the, I, got, yeah. I have gotten him that kind of antler, but like this thing was, th- I thought it, it was, was like, like a tree. It was, I thought like it was a tree trunk. It looked like that would be mounted. It literally was like this, 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 it, this yeah, wide. It was big. Yeah. And he kept like going to it and trying to, I'm like, no, but I did get him the other thing that he kept like trying to sniff out, which well, was, uh, ended up being a beef trachea. He's like me. He looks at the price tag and is like, I want this one. I literally <laughs> said that to him. I literally said that to him. I was like, you're only licking that because it's expensive. Like go somewhere yeah, else. That's right. Don's like, if it's, if it's expensive, it must be good. That's yeah. his, his train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real. At this point, 18 times in the neck, things are severed. Like I said, this knife pulls more things out than it puts in. Yeah. The damage is not sticking it in someone. And you think they were just like 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 a pin pinprick? Or did they say we have to kill her, so let's go brutal. Mm. And plus, that's what Satan would want from what they would say. So they're they're going all the way in and ripping it out. And they're not just like clean cut, like what look like a, it's not like a cake where you like pull it clean out to see if it's cooked or not. It's like they're right. probably trying to harm her, like, like twisting it. And, it. Yeah. yeah. Her world goes black again. And she says the reason why is because the sound. Yeah, she's blacking out and she can't feel anything anymore because all the nerves are cut. But she can still hear the sound. The sound was too powerful. The sound of that knife coming back out and ripping that flesh, that sound. She goes black again. She comes to. No. Instinctively, she rolls over on her stomach. She didn't realize, though, at this point that her organs, your stomach, your small intestine, the one that wraps around. They say that if you stretch it out long enough, it can go to the moon or one. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's long. That thing, the big intestine, all those other things, they should be in here. Now they're in the sand, they're in the sand, they're in the dirt, they're in the black soot, they're in the trash strewn everywhere, and they're in the broken bottles. That stuff is outside of her body at this point. Wait. All of that stuff is out. Her intestines, everything is outside of her body. With that knife, stabbed her 36 times in the abdomen. I told you that knife brings more things out than it puts in. Her organs were outside of her body. She rolls over instinctively, and those organs are now covered in sand and twigs and broken bottles and black soot, litter strewn everywhere. They're covered. Everything. Uh Uh-uh. Oh, shit. That's fucked up. From the perspective of Dr. Volovia Angelov, hours later, I then examined the wound in the pubic area. There were mounds of innards piled up her on her abdomen. Hold on one second. There were mounds, mounds, mounds of innards, right? Ugh. 
In fact, the entire small intestine was exposed. It was covered in dirt, sand, leaves, and various other foreign objects. The intestine had also been ruptured by multiple stab wounds. Jesus Christ. It's like when like, when you said mounds of innards, like it reminded me of like a turkey. Like it's almost like she's not human anymore, but it is. It's obviously she survived, but like... Like, it's just like you don't talk about people that way. Like, I don't know. I don't know how she survived. I don't know. Because listen to this. She now knows that her organs are covered in twigs, twigs, dirt, sand. She knows that her neck is slashed. There's blood going everywhere. I mean, Mm -hmm. her neck is literally open. You're going to see that the neck wound is a lot worse than you're thinking. Was she like on a hinge, like nearly headless neck? I'm not trying to be insensitive, but like, that's what I pictured was like her head was almost off. All right. Let me just the doctor, which Nicole's going to later read, describes the head as quote flopped over. That's what I was picturing. That is exactly what happened. Oh, no. Okay. So now that her organs are out, she realizes that she has to cover her neck because that's where the blood's coming from. She's got stabbed in the neck. She can't breathe. There's arteries. There's two big arteries right here. You got to cover that. I mean, everyone knows that. So to staunch that blood, she puts her hand to her neck like you would like, oh, got to cover this up. She put her hand to her neck, quote, my whole hand disappeared into it. What the? F- wow. Where's my hand? Mm-mm. Wow. I'm like almost about to throw up. Dinke se es duet. What does that mean? Is she dead? One of them says. Niaman can dit olif. Nai. The other one says. That's South African? Africans. Africans. No one could survive that. The two rapists drive away. Now it's just her. It's her. This is where it gets bad, guys. I know you think it's already bad, but this is where it gets ramped. This is freaking effing nuts. This is this is the reason I was like tearing up, man. I don't care, man. That this is this woman is amazing. So a lot of you guys believe in life after death. And honestly, I, I guess you don't know until you've been there. But she has to make the choice to live. And if you believe in life after death and out of body experiences like, you know, seeing the heavenly gates, there's books written on that. Like type in the chat and share your experiences. But I'll tell you what she went through. She felt her body ascend. Now she's in the what? The black soot, the litter strewn everywhere, she's the broken by herself. bottles, the trash by herself, a hundred meters away from the road. No one can see her. It is pitch black. She has to find something inside of her to push her 100 meters to the road. And even if she gets to the road, there's no, I mean, this is, you saw with the street. There's, I mean, how many it's people in the drive middle of the that? night? Too. Literally no one. So even if she goes through all, it's so much easier just to give up at that point. You know, I mean, you don't even know if you're going to make it. If you do make it, you just be disappointed when no one comes and you're dead. I mean, how long can you really last? You know? From one university study, I read, quote, out of body experiences or OBEs and near death experiences in DEs have accompanied and fascinated humanity since times immemorial. OBEs, out of body experiences, are defined as experiences in which a person seems to be awake and sees his or her body and the world from a disembodied location outside his physical body. Never had it. My mom says she had it when she was on an operating table at one point. So I do believe it. And a lot of people have near-death experiences. They're looking at their body. They're somewhere up in the up here looking down. It's like, oh, look, that's me. Ah, look at me. Twitch my legs. Look at that. They're looking down at their body. That's what she was doing. Bathed in light. She looked down. She saw her body 
And she needs to make a choice. She was asked by someone she doesn't know, but she heard this voice, God or whatever, maybe not. You know, I'm not here to judge. No idea. To her, someone had asked her, quote, do you want to go back? Do you want to go back and fight? Right then she sees headlights beaming in the distance a pretty far ways away. She decides to fight. Suddenly I was back inside my body. It was like an elastic band that had snapped and returned to its original shape. She braces herself and tries to lift herself up. She looks down and sees her intestines and all of her organs. Quote, it was horrifying. There was just so much of me on the outside, end quote. She would talk about how she picks them up. She picks up these organs and they slither away. Ah, it's like a fish out of water. You can't, you can't grasp it. Just slithers away. More twigs, more dirt, more black soot. At that point, she she's ready to fight because these guys are nothing. They're nothing. They're still nothing. They'll never be anything. She is sure as hell not going to let them win. She was prepared to drag her organs behind her, but then she saw that bloody shirt that they ripped off of her, that they made her take off. It's all bloody now. It's just right there, that bloody shirt. She's going to pick up these organs and wrap them in the shirt like a postman carrying a parcel. She's going to take him like a, you see a football, like wide receiver. He just caught it. He's got the football in there. He's running. She's going to cradle this shirt with these organs in it. And she's going to fight. Wow. Is this not crazy? Holy uh, shit. <laughs> Jesus. Holy shit. Like a mailman carrying a parcel. Now, well, now she she's crawling at this point and she can only use one arm, her left arm to reach out in front, grasp some dirt, some sand and heave herself forward. And how long is that going to take? With this one arm, she's got to hold the organs. Oh, her, what her neck? Oh, we'll get to the neck. She's not thinking about the neck. She's crawling at this point. So gravity helps, if you know what I mean, keep the neck in its place. So one arm, she heaves forward, the other arm clutching that package. Think about the dialogue she must be having with herself. You know, I've been in situations like we've all been in situations where we talk to ourselves like, OK, you can do it. One foot forward. Do, do, do. I cannot imagine. I mean, what? OK, your ne- your your head's almost off. Your organs are out. One arm you know, heave yourself forward. You only went a couple centimeters. Like, what is that dialogue? Seriously? Like, I mean, I can't, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I can't, I don't even want to pretend that I could imagine that. It's okay. Someone or something said, if you want to give up now and come, it will be all right. It was my own voice, but it was speaking at me. I certainly wasn't forming the words. Fight if you want to. Go on if you can, I told myself. I so badly wanted this all to end. I wanted to surrender and let go. I mean, you got to ask yourself, man, could in the same situation when all that I described, could you? Anyway, she decided to. She heaves, heaves, heaves. The lights are getting closer. Her one shot at it. But she needed to get into view. She doesn't have to be in the road, but she has to be in view. At this time, she is that that other voice is wanting her to give up. You're not going to make it anyway. You're not going to make these headlights. And that's when she looks at the moon and the moon was full tonight. Was it always this full? Was it full when I got here? Or did this moon form for me? It seems to be lighting a path for me. The stars seem a little brighter now. I'm, I'm on a roll, you know? I crept her about 15 meters into the clearing where Thans had stood smoking his cigarette while Franz raped me in the car. 
finally a clearing. The headlights casted slight illumination on the side of her face, and she's in direct view of the road and the rocks that separate her from that road. If she could just make it on top of those rocks, she could be visible. Now, remember what I said about her neck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't like to think about it, but I heard you. 100 meters is one le- one long length of a, of the track. Of a track? Of a track. That's far for where, yeah, that's a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she said exactly it was like 90 meters, but, you know, 100. I mean, yeah, about, yeah. Still, I mean, like, still, 90 meters is approximately a football field. Yeah, it's a track. Because a meter is a little bit longer than a football, than a yard, correct? I think so. It's yeah. almost equivalent, but a little bit more. I think. Well, Wait, it, someone yeah, convert. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she did realize that this was too long for her to crawl and make it. So she's got to get up. Oh, no. With a tremendous effort, I hoisted my body onto the sandaled feet and everything went black. I was conscious, but I could not see. Little wonder, my head, I realized, had flopped backwards and it <gasps> almost rested between my shoulder blades. With one hand still clutching the shirt, I used my other to wrench my head forward again. All right, stop. Like literally nearless, nearly headless Nick. Yeah. yeah. That's the, what I was imagining, but I was not trying to make a comic up thing, but like that's legitimately. She's putting her head Legitimately nearly headless Nick. This was her quote. My head, I realized, had flopped backwards and almost rested between my shoulder oh, no. blades. Oh, no, I do not like that. No. You know, if she, if she would jump up and fall back down, that thing would, would fall off. It's resting between her shoulder blades. Can you imagine? No. Can you imagine? No. I actually, I really cannot. How is she breathing? Like, I don't want to sound insensitive, but like, if your if your neck is like, like, well, that was where they said like the it missed the main artery, and so I guess like the but the trachea, like if she was like, uh, I just (sighs) I don't know, I don't understand. Like, well, if she's putting the head back, the trachea, I guess, could be like sealed when it's in place to breathe. Or just Jen, hold on, this I'll explain it to you. I don't know if I want you to like, Even I just don't theoretically it is impossible, but she's here. So I don't know. Her head was nearly severed. Dr. Angelo would later comment. He would say that her head quote flopped to her right. This is when she was on the table. Her head was just like this. Not looking. When he finally looked into, into her neck, he could see that the muscle nearly was cut completely in through almost like literally by a, a one little tendon, that one tendon that could, I'm going to save us that one tendon. I'm going to be strong enough to hold the whole head. If she would move her neck in a certain way, her head would fall off. Just looking straight down with no instruments, no spreader thing that the doctor needed, no little extractor, just looking straight into it. He could see the spinal column, quote, quite clearly. Wow. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Looking into the front of her neck, seeing the spine. Jesus Christ. No shit, man. No, no. Like I'm. From the perspective of Dr. Voloja Angelov, hours later, her neck had been split open almost ear to ear. It was as if she had been cut by a sharp razor. It was an angry, violent, and cruel wound, and I wondered what kind of savages had done this to her. 
the thyroid sliced in two, like a cut in a pizza slice. Here's your piece. It's it's separated, sliced in two. That's what he says. Sliced mm. in two. No Quote, pizza for us today, then. She should have died from that wound alone. What is that? One out of 18 plus 36? What, like 60? One out yeah. of six? Like, um, that I mean, is 54. I never believed in angels, but I don't know, man. I mean... I don't know. I don't know if they. I was going to ask you at the end of this if, well, I, w I mean, you can answer at the end, finish the story first, but if this has altered your view of the afterlife or near death experiences. This is crazy. She lost consciousness over and over. You can't do that. She, okay, she is walking. The moon is lighting her path, one foot in front of the other. She's cradling her organs. The other hand, she's pushing her head back down to connect the esophagus, to connect the larynx, one foot in in front of the other you, you can't lose consciousness because then that's it you just Jesus. flop over and die okay she says it's like someone was playing with a dimmer switch like in your lights like up and down like a little kid comes over is like oh look at this dimmer switch the lights are up then they're down then they're up then they're down over 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 in and out in and out in and out of consciousness she was in shock. Her blood pressure, when they measured it, extremely low, 90 out of 50. The pulse was 125. That is deathly high. She was in a state of compensated shock. Shock is when a patient loses a lot of blood. She's pretty much dry to the bone. No, she bled out. The body compensates by constricting these veins and vessels and arteries. The heart races, which is why the pulse was very high, because it's dealing with these constricted arteries, pushing harder and harder, desperate to pump more blood. That's guess what? Not there because it is covering mm. the black soot, litter strewn everywhere and broken bottles. She was severely dehydrated and soon she would be in full renal failure. But for some reason, she pushes her head forward when it flops back and she keeps on walking. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have never heard of it. Like, I I've never heard of anything like this before Holy in shit, my entire life. Dude. I really haven't. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm just very upset by this story. Like, but also inspired. But just like, it's, it's just. It's inspiring. Yeah. It's, it's, this is the. This is the most insane thing I think I've ever heard in my yeah. entire life. Yeah. Agree. As she walked these 90 meters or so to the road through the South African Feinbos, what they call the bush area, Feinbos, I looked that up. Mm. She traveled in and out of herself. She referred to it as someone playing with a dimmer switch. And as we know that her head was almost severed to the point where it was going to fall off, she would lose her focus and things would go black. She was guided by a mental snapshot of a path in front of her. Basically, okay, she, and she thought this too. I need to remember what I see. There's a path right in front of me. So when I lose consciousness, I, I can see it. I'm dreaming, but I could see it. I can mm -hmm. see the path, right? Like, I don't, I, I think like to disassociate in this instance is a, almost like a blessing. I must have blacked out several times. Allison found out that she could regain consciousness. Probably the only person in history to ever find out this medical miracle. She could just regain consciousness at will. You know how she did it? No. How? She took her one hand and pushed her head back oh. forward. Mm -mm. Jesus Christ. I want to vomit. Like, but like, I'm still amazed by her. With one hand still clutching the shirt, I used the other to wrench my head forward again. With my head now in position, I returned my hand to my throat to stop the noise and the blood. To stop the noise. The noise. The noise is what's bothering her. She puts her hand back to her throat, 
quote, as if I had swallowed myself, I could feel the severed flesh, the stickiness and the moist warmth of the blood one foot in front of the other. She says it's, quote, like two huge unseen hands was pushing behind her. Go forward. Go forward. For what? You're going to hit the road so no one can find you? Give up. Jesus Christ. She falls. She gets up. She crawls. She falls. She gets up. She pushes her severed head back on her trunk. Oh, my God. Then she realizes she was on the road. After all that time, she was on Marine Drive and she lays right in the middle of the road. I lay there in the deathly quiet, thinking that it was wonderful finally to have a break from all the staggering and falling. I was on my back, my head slack to one side, my eyes level with the tar. Those headlights are now there. She made it. Remember those headlights in the distance that she was striving for? Finally, she connected. It was like perfect timing match because no one else is coming out here. She finally connected. It was perfect. I heard the engine rev and then suddenly a car maneuvered itself around my body and just sped away. It was a Volkswagen Beetle and I watched the taillights become pinpricks in the distance. The car just spud around her. That is horrible. Yeah. But it also reminds us that good always trumps evil. Light always breaks through darkness. There were always, always. Always, always, out of the 9 billion or so people, there will always be more good people than bad. Finally, another car did come. A woman appeared and stood over me. She began to scream hysterically, the kind of scream you hear in some cheap horror movie. And I realized then how awful I must have looked. At that point, a handsome young man kneeled down, took her hand. She was back in the world again. Now is when she really has to struggle. It was 2.45 a.m. This man, his name was Tian. This is him right here. This is him and her. You could not have asked for a better outcome than this. He is now Dr. Tian Elard. He was a student at the time that he comes across Allison. He had been going to veterinary school. Ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) This is like the most we've cried in an episode. Terrible. I feel bad yeah. for the fact that I haven't had an actual tear fall, but like mentally I have been crying. <laughs> like you, I just. So we're going to put a little bit of his commentary in there while we finish this up. The for- first thing I noticed as I knelt beside her was the pool of thick congealed blood that had collected around her head and neck. She was also absolutely filthy, covered in sand and dust. The veins on her forehead bulged. Her eyes were open, one bloodshot, one swollen, but she seemed to be lucid. She was looking straight at me with fearful eyes. Luckily, this kid really wanted to be a veterinarian, and maybe that had spawned at a childhood when he spent day after day in hospital suffering from asthma. They could never figure it out, and he spent a lot of time in hospitals. So he instinctively kind of knew what to do. Got to cover that wound. Got to keep her conscious. He talks about how he's bad. Just trying to keep consciousness. He was the first one to mention it. The doctors would also mention it. Every one of them. They looked at her and she had the prettiest green eyes they have ever seen. Mm. They were mesmerized at all this blood, gore, gross, disgusting bowel movements, all this stuff. The eyes were mesmerizing. This man fought in the Rhodesian Bush War, and he says he's never, ever seen injuries like this with a person still living. Another testament on how this is 
seems more fiction than reality. Her skin was a deathly pallid color and she was cold to the touch, but she was alive. And that was all that mattered to me at that moment. I was determined to keep it that way. He tried to get her to respond to see if she was lucid. He noticed that she was trying to show him something. And then that's when he saw it. She was pointing to her intestines covered in twigs and leaves piled up on top of her stomach in this little parcel. The shirt, the bloody shirt she had wrapped up. From Allison's perspective, hey, he said, gently nudging me, don't close your eyes. He flicked a lighter and asked me to look at the flame. He kept on talking, asking me questions. He told me I had beautiful eyes. Have you got a boyfriend? He asked with a smile. Two squeezes. Would you like one? He cajoled. One squeeze. Hmm. He told her that she has to stay alive. She has to because she ruined his shirt. Oh, (laughs) Jesus. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is bad. Oh, my God. Yep. It would take two hours for the ambulance to arrive. Two hours? That's a different topic. Wow. At the hospital from the perspective of Dr. Angelov. And we're about to finish this up. Then I got my first look at the young woman. In my 16 years as a doctor, I have never seen a patient like this. There, lying on the white sheet, was a creature straight out of a Dickens novel. She looked like a corpse. She was filthy, black as a coal miner. Her entire body was a covered in a fine layer of black sand. Her eyes had hemorrhaged and there were blood red. Her hair was matted with sand, twigs, leaves, and dried blood. Her knees were cut and scraped. Her feet were lacerated and her fingernails were black. But after all that, after all that trauma, he talks about noticing those beautiful green eyes that she has. She pulled through with the help of these, what she would call miracle workers, doctors, everything lined up. No one knows how she survived. It doesn't make sense, but she did. And she's alive today. This is her. Wow. Wow. She does have pretty eyes. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible story, man. Incredible story. But that's the survival story. Wow. I, I did put the one last thing in there for from her book, if you want to read Away From It All. Away From It All, I came to the realization that I lived my life not by chance, but by choice. My most significant realization was that no one could make me be or do anything that I did not want unless I gave them the power to do so. The same applied to Franz and Thans. I could surrender my life to those total strangers who had tried to kill me or I could honor myself and find a new meaning to life. I was determined not to let them take my sanity, my confidence, my character, my personality. These were things that were precious to me more so now than before, and I would never give them the power to destroy it all. If I remained angry at Franz and Thans, I would be giving them power over my life. Mm. Wow. And that's the story, man. So what happened? Yeah, what happened to the the two guys? I did research their entire stories, but like I said, I'll do that another time. I will say that they will never be out of prison. Good. Good. They will never be out of prison. They got life without parole. And Alison Botha is a national hero. No one will ever forget. In South Africa, she's less well known here. Well, I would call her an international hero. We need to make sure her story is told. But she will. She and she struggles. Still, she'll talk about it in her book. But like she said, that the one quote that she said that I started this with that really got me was, quote, I will not let them take my life away. Mm. She survived. They're in prison. They will never get never get out of prison. Good. That's a crazy story. I really enjoyed that story. Mm. I hope I did it justice. I would say so. It really touched me, man. 
That story I really mean, got really, to me. Really, yeah. really well done. Yeah. So, I mean, what a what an amazing, amazing person she is. You know, just complete amazing. But that's her. I hope you guys like that. We might, uh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm toast. I think, I think that was probably two parts worth there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, if uh, I think that might be, yeah, yeah. So usually, emotionally, all I can handle today. Yeah. I don't know if I can do anything else. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Usually, I cut that up for Supremos, but since that was just one long. One. I will say that we are doing Tuesday episodes now that we started. This will be a real short episode, you know, because hopefully Jen can get on. But we got to hustle, so we got to do short episodes. So that Jen can can get on. Can this get was, on. This That's right. Saying. That's right. So that, yeah, she can quit her second job so oh, she can do her third the job. The next two weeks I won't be able to. Anyway, that's all I got. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Anything else? Thank you so much, guys. All right. Thank you so much. Until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. <laughs>